brought your Bibles, and I hope that you have. Turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 16 is where I want to begin this morning. Share with you just a few thoughts that God has put on my heart here and been kind of studying and looking over for the last little bit. Exodus chapter 16. I'll give you just a moment or two to find that. Exodus chapter 16. I think I'm going to begin at the 16th verse. Exodus chapter 16. Beginning at verse 16 says, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered, and some more and some less. And when they did meet it with a omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just humbly come before you here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for uh, just the, everything that we've got to experience and be a part of in the last few days. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the, the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have to openly gather here this morning without any kind of fear of persecution or anything like that. We thank you, Lord, for each one who has who has fought, who has sacrificed, who has bled, who has died so that we can have that freedom. But we know ultimately it's a gift from you, so we give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you, Lord, here this morning for our church family and for the roof over our heads. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence that we felt here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for uh, everything. Lord, you're just so good to us. You poured so many blessings out on us. Let us not take them for granted. But we thank you most of all this morning for your son, Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. Oh, God, don't let us ever take that for granted. Don't let us ever take it lightly. Uh, what a precious gift that's been given for our salvation. God, my prayer is, is every one of us would continually have praise and glory on our lips for you because you alone are worthy of it, such a precious gift given that we could never deserve, never own. Not on our own could we ever. But God, you've done it anyways. And so, Lord, my prayer this morning is that you would move here in our midst. God, you know our hearts. You know where we stand. You know what we, where we fall short. Lord, there's nothing that is hidden from you here this morning. Lord, I'm just asking you to have your way and your will in our midst. And Lord, I pray above all, if there's any among us that's lost, any that have fallen away, any that have backslidden, whatever the case may be, Lord, if there's just any here that ain't where they ought to be with you, 
God, let today be the day they would repent and turn to you. Let today be the day they get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. And Lord, may I ask one last thing of you here this morning. I need your help. I can't do this without you. I got nothing to preach lest you give it to me. So God, I'm asking, Lord, clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your works. Place on my tongue the very things that you'd have me to speak here this morning. God, I'm asking for your anointing. I'm asking that you'd preach me one more time here this morning. Lord, my desire is for everyone to leave here knowing, uh, not thinking they've heard from me, but knowing that they have heard from you. Lord, that it has been from you through my spirit to theirs. And we'll give you every bit of the glory for it. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. And we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. You know, um, we got to take, and you all know this, we've talked about it and joked about it and everything else, but uh, me and Jennifer got to take the last two weeks off, and, and we didn't really go nowhere or do anything. We just got to kind of, you know, not have so much responsibility and enjoy ourselves the last couple weeks. And it, it's been good. Um, we've been here most of the time. But that first Sunday morning, we went back to the that I ever pastored. Kids had really been wanting to go down there and visit, and we'd wanted to go down there and visit too. And, uh, and, and truthfully, um, there's a lot of sentimental emotions and feelings, right? I mean, there ain't nobody here ever sentimental about anything, right? Especially in the past, right? That's unheard of, right? Uh, you know, that's how it was. That, that's how it was. We think back on the ministry there how God moved and how God blessed, and, 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 and you know, you kind of, more time goes by. It's been several years now. More time goes by, the more you kind of forget about the, the rough things that you had to go through, and you just remember the good things, and you have those fond memories. And, 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 but if you, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's good. But if you're not careful... I mean, you'll start to try to, I don't know how to say it, live there? Live in the past? Does that make sense? Look, here's the deal. We went down there, and we, we saw a lot of people that we knew from years ago, and we really enjoyed getting to see them and visit with them. And there's new people there, too. There's people we didn't even know, you know. But the one thing me and Jennifer talked about after we come away, it's not the same. It's not the same. You, you, you can't go back and recreate, right? It's not the same. I've I got a point that I'm going to get to here in just a minute. You, but think about these things for just a minute, right? We all have a tendency to be sentimental, uh, and, and we like to try to, you know, we remember those things, and we enjoy remembering those. Um, and, you know, we look back, and, and you know, the, at the experiences that we've had uh, over the years. And that's fantastic. But a point I kind of want to make here this morning is for the most part, I think if we're not careful, 
too many of us try to live in the past. I think too many people today are trying to live on what happened yesterday, especially in the church world. But we see that, we see that in our country, longing for, for a time that is, that is already past, right? And it seems like the older I get, right, the more that, that I look back on things, right? And I think that's, part of that's because the older you get, the more things there is to look back on, you know? That's just kind of how that goes. Um, Peter Marshall, the, the wonderful preacher from years ago, but anyways, he said one time, never let the past be so dear as to limit the future. I think that's good advice. That's wise advice. That's advice, you know, that's, a, uh, that's advice worth thinking a little bit on. I, can I put it to you this way? If you're trying to walk forward, right? And in our life, that walking forward, walking towards tomorrow, but the whole time you're doing this number, you're looking back here, what's going to happen? It's not, you're going to fall. It's not going to turn out well. You're going to walk off here. You're going you're to end up hurt, hurt somebody. In other words, we can't go forward looking back. You're probably, to use biblical language, you're probably going to stumble and fall. I look at this passage of Scripture, and there's a lot of things that is happening and going on here in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, in this part of Exodus especially, we see the nation of Israel. We see them miraculously coming out of Egypt, right? They went through the ten plagues, the Passover, all that has happened. They've come to, they've come to the Red Sea, right? They've been being guided by God, a pillar, a cloud by day and a pillar of light by night. They're being led by God. They've come up with their backs literally against the wall, right? The Red Sea, and here they are. Pharaoh has changed his mind, right? God has hardened his heart one more time. He has got them pushed up against the Red Sea. The people are like, oh no. They turned to Moses, right? They turn on him in a minute and said, why have you done this to us? Why has God brought us out here? Was there not enough grave in Egypt to bury us all? You brought us out here to kill us? Remember that? Oh, what a people of great faith, right? All right, I'll be real with you for just a minute. If we were in their shoes, we probably, honestly, truthfully, wouldn't be any different than what they were. We like to look back and shake our finger at them and say, what was wrong with them? Truth is, we're not any different than how they were. But anyways, you remember what happened? Right, God miraculously, right, he, he uses Moses, but he miraculously parts the Red Sea. Right? All the really smart people in our generation try to tell you that it was ankle deep water, a little bit of wind blew and blew it back, right? And they crossed over. Okay, fine, it was ankle deep water. Then the miracle was Pharaoh and his entire army drowned in ankle deep water. Praise God! Hey, any way you want to do it, glory to God, it was a miracle of God. <laughs> through all of this, right? And you get to the uh, first part of chapter 15 is uh, Moses' sister, uh, uh, Miriam. She's the uh, victory song. You know, she's singing that song. And, and uh, anyways, in the last part, 
you got your Bible in front of you, you can look. It's like verse 22, 23, 24 of chapter 15, somewhere right in there. And the people are murmuring. Right? They've got to a place. The water ain't no good. Almost like you hand them a bottle of bottle of water and they say, but that well water was so much better. Why ain't we got it? They're griping about the water. God takes care of it, right? There's three murmurs that happen right here in chapter 15, 16, and 17. They gripe about water, then they gripe about food, and then they gripe about water again. We see God take care of it each time. Right, the first time with the bitter water, the trees putting in there, it's made sweet water. Right, the problem with the food, you have the quail that comes in the evening and then in the morning, the manna comes. I think it's really neat about the manna. That, that word manna, that literally is, what is it, right? So, so we got a transliteration there of, of the word manna, and we call it manna, uh, right? But actually what the Israelite people, if you spoke Hebrew and you were there, they were looking at it and saying, what is it? You know, and that's just what they call it. That's the stock. It's like a whatchamacallit, you know? It just stuck. That's the name of it. What is it? It's manna. I think that's a good question. What is it? I used to tease my kids and tell them that I'd found manna. When you go to the Chinese restaurant, you know them little, uh, I don't know what they are, them little biscuit things that they roll in, in, in sugar and put out there, in, in, in sugar and put out there on the, on the buffet table? You know what I'm talking? You, you get into one of those uh, uh, that is fresh, it's still hot, you know? Tastes like manna to me. What is it? I don't know, but it's good. So God feeds them. And then they, they're thirsty. When God has rock and the water comes out, which rock is a type of Christ and the blessing comes because he was struck. Well, see, in that section of scriptures, we see that, you know, uh, God providing for them, right? There, if you look at this, uh, you know, they were griping about food and water, but God provides for them, right? That's their nourishment, right? Their, their supplies, what they need to, you know, sustain them, right? God provides that, right? If we get into, I think it's the first few verses of chapter 17, we see that, uh, that there is a battle that, com- that comes up, right? And uh, look, this ain't a people that were trained to fight. These aren't warriors. They don't even have weapons of warriors, right? They're slaves out of Egypt. Right? The last thing the Egyptians did was teach these people how to fight. But yet they go and conquer a fighting army. You see God providing for them their security. Right? He's taking care of them. And then we go a little bit farther. Jennifer mentioned this morning about when uh, uh, Moses' father-in-law Jethro shows up. Right? And there's been an issue. Right? Moses can't get nothing done because he's spending all of his time settling their squabbles. Right? And uh, Jethro helps him set up a little bit of, uh, I don't know what the right word to call it is, if you want to call it government, organization, judges, you know, a way to handle this. You see, God, see, he's, he, he, a, na- a nation is being birthed, and it's got to have, right? It's, it's got to have uh, laws and rules and order and somebody to settle disputes. God's providing for them and taking care of them. The thing that's amazing to me, goodness sakes, time is getting away. I'm going to have to hurry here. The thing that gets me about all this is that manna. 
in what I read to you this morning, it's a peculiar thing. It shows up in the morning like dew. It tastes like honey and wafers, it says in another place uh, in the scripture. The psalmist called it the food of angels, the bread of heaven. Jesus himself said when he was talking to the Jews, he said that that bread that your fathers ate in the wilderness, that was me. The bread of life. The thing that I wanted to get at here that is peculiar but yet so important for us today that showed up in the morning like dew and they went out and they had to, they gathered what they needed right they were each one supposed to gather an omer per day per person in case you don't know what how much an omer is an omer is a tenth of an ephah right that clears it right up right it's about two liters take a two liter soda bottle and fill it up okay that's about how much they were together. That was, that was the ration for one person for the day. There's two times where God gave them quail. Uh, one of them is right before I read this. Another one's later in number, Numbers. And that's another story. But anyways, that was what they ate. That's how God used to sustain them for 40 years in the wilderness. But the thing is, is they went out, right? It was like dew on the ground. They went and gathered it. But then, it, just like dew, whenever the sun comes out and it's not very long, dew's gone, that's the way the manna was. It just kind of melted away, what wasn't picked up. But here is, the, here is the catch about it. They gathered what they needed for the day. Didn't do no good, to, too much, too little, right? It, it all, God worked it all out. They gathered what they needed for the day, and that was it. Okay. Now, there was one exception to that, Friday. In case you didn't know this, right, Saturday is the Sabbath. For some reason, we've gotten so confused about that. Sunday is the Lord's Day, right? We set that aside, right? I, I go to Revelation chapter 1. John is in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. My goodness, that's a good example. We ought to be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day too. The first day of the week, that's the day we give God. We don't give Him the last day. We give Him the first day. That is the Lord's Day. That is today. That is Sunday. Saturday is the Sabbath day. has been from the beginning still is. The Jews observed the Sabbath because God told them to. They were following what God had told them to do. And what they weren't supposed to work, they weren't supposed to go out and gather food, they weren't supposed to do anything like that. So on Friday, God says, here's the exception to the rule. On Friday, you gather two omers per person, two days worth. And that omer, that will keep. Okay, and you can eat it. You won't go out, right? Make your cakes out of it, right? Grind it like flour and make cakes out of it, bake it, whatever. And then you, and, and that's what that'll be your food for the next day, also. That is the only time that you can do that. It's an amazing thing, right? God's got to be teaching them something. There's got to be something going on there because it's not like God couldn't cause that manna to last, right? He has them pick up a bowl of that and put it in the Ark of the Covenant and keeps it good for a thousand years. It didn't ever rot and have worms in it. You see, God's trying to teach them. This thing is a thing of faith. They've got to trust God daily for what they need to get through the day and have enough faith the next day to trust God for what they need for the next day. My goodness, that might be a good that, that, might, that might work for a sermon, or that might be just something good to think about. But here's the thing that I wanted to bring out on all of this. 
They couldn't live on yesterday's manna. They couldn't live on yesterday's manna. Manna was a blessing from heaven. And it was a wonderful thing. But you can't live on yesterday's blessing. Stinks. That's, that's the thing. And that's one area that I think we mess up. And the devil uses it. Uh, let me just share a couple points with you real quick. first thing I thought about on this was living on yesterday's blessing. Listen to me. That manna was a blessing from heaven. Uh, and today's blessings was sufficient for today. Uh, and you couldn't live on yesterday's, right? The blessings of God are sufficient for each day. Each of us, right? Each of us could stand up and we could attest to that truth, right? And there is probably not a person here that could not stand up right now and, and, and give a testimony of the blessings of God. And that's absolutely wonderful. You ought to do that, right? That's why we give opportunity, right? Every week we give opportunity for people that, that would like to share their testimony on how God has blessed them recently. That is a good thing. But listen to me. Yesterday's blessings are good, but they weren't meant for today. Oh, absolutely, we can share them as a testimony, and we can, you know, and, and maybe it'll help somebody else also. I'm not saying anything about that, right? We can have some, you know, share some good memories of the things that God has done, but listen to me. Let, let me put it this way. Let me give you another way to think about this. When I started working, now I mean my first job where I got a W-2 and taxes was held out. I, I actually started working when I was about 14, but it was a lot of just, you know, side help under the table, whatever you want to call it, cash job, you know. Uh, but, I mean, my first real, real job. As I was 16 years old, I went to work at J&M Grocery Store in Sparta. It's not J&M's anymore. Seth can tell you what the name of it is now. I don't even know, but... Anyways, I went to work there for $3.85 an hour. Now, all of you older than me say, oh, yeah, that was, you know, I started for a nickel an hour or a quarter an hour or whatever, all right? But those young, younger ones of you today are saying, well, I started at $13 an hour. Back then, in the early 90s, $3.85 an hour for a teenager was a good wage. But I can't live on that $3.85 an hour I made back then today, now can I? You can't live on yesterday's manna. I got, whenever I first got saved, I read the whole Bible cover to cover. I mean, God's given me an unbelievable hunger. I read the whole thing in four months, and that was an absolute amazing four months. I learned more about the Bible during that time than I ever even dreamed was possible. But I can't still live on that today. I've still got to read the Word of God, the Bible, afresh every day. And if I don't, I'll starve to death. If I tried to live on the money that I made 
my goodness, how long ago has that been now? Almost 30 years ago? If I tried to live on the money, I, my whole family, me and my family would starve to death. If I tried to live on the, the, the meal, the word of God that God gave me in, in those first four months of my salvation, right? I, I, I would Spiritually, I would starve to death. I've had some great meals over the last few weeks. And I can think back to one, other ones too where we've sat down and there's been a wonderful bounty set and some wonderful food. And it was great. But I can't live on that today. When we get done here, I'm going to have to go find me something else to eat. God never intended for me, you, or anyone else to live on yesterday's blessings. He never intended for yesterday's blessings to get you through tomorrow. You cannot live on yesterday's blessings. You can't live on yesterday's prayers. You can't live on yesterday's offerings. You can't live on yesterday's faith. Let me make one more point, and maybe this will make sense, and I'll quit. You can't live on yesterday's efforts either. So many times I'll talk to people and they'll talk about what they used to do for God. They're able still to talk to me. They're not as young as they used to be, obviously. We're all getting older every day. But they talk about what they used to do for God. Used to drive a, a, a church bus. Used to teach a class. Used to come and do work around the church building and help with maintenance and that kind of stuff. Used to help take care of kids in the nursery. Used to help, you know, do children's church or Sunday school or something like that, right? Used to go to the nursing home and visit those who are, uh, who are in the nursing home, right? Used to be concerned about the sick and the shut-ins. But now they don't do it anymore. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's you I'm talking about here this morning. Maybe you used to do some of those things, but you don't do them anymore. What happened? Did those needs disappear? Does God not need you to take care of those things any longer? Listen to me. What you've done in the past and what I've done in the past is wonderful. And God was well pleased with it. I'm sure of that. But God still wants people to be doing those same things, those same jobs, right? The work of the Lord. He still needs those and wants those to be done today. That wasn't just for yesterday. What am I trying to say to you? And I'm getting ready to end this thing. Find something to do and then get busy and do it until the Lord comes. Can I be any clearer to that? There is zero exceptions here this morning. Find something to do for the Lord that God wants you to do and get busy doing it and do it until the Lord comes. He talks about over and over to find us working, right? That's not, he's not talking about finding you work, slaving away down the street here, working for a dollar. He's talking about you working for the Lord. So can I just simply ask you a couple questions and Jennifer and come for a song of invitation and, and we'll quit for the morning. What are you doing for God today? I'm not talking about in the past. I'm talking about today. 
I'm telling you, the message this morning, don't live in the past. Don't be satisfied with the spoiled, stale, expired bread from yesterday. That's what I'm trying to get at. Too many of us are satisfied with the work that we've done for God in the past. And that was wonderful. But today, you can't be satisfied with that. That's not what God intended for you for today. What am I trying to say to you this morning? Get out there and get you some fresh manna today. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Get out there and go to work for the Lord. Get out there and do the things that God has called you to do. Get out there and be the people that God has formed you, made you, called you to be. God's got blessings, right? That's what that man from heaven is, blessings. He's got blessings in store for you. But you're going to have to get out there and get you some. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning. Spirit of God dealing with you this morning, would you come? Don't you miss this opportunity. Don't you sit back there and say, well, listen to me. It don't matter what anyone thinks except for what God thinks. So would you come this morning? If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, whatever it is, would you come this morning? God dealing with your heart this morning. Come on now. Don't you be shy. Don't you sit back there. Come up here and get you some. Whatever God's got for you, come on this morning. Don't miss this opportunity.